This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. is going on guys this is rob carbone coming at you with episode 94 tonight of bd4 where there is no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis um i hope everybody is doing well i hope we're all quarantining pretty well right now you know it sucks that we still have to be doing this shit and you know it looks you know by the looks of things it looks like we're uh gonna have to do this for at least one more month um but it is what it is. Um, I know I'm trying to uh, trying to do my best to stay active, to stay to stay busy, you know, for as busy as you can be when you're staying at home and doing school from home, um, not working at the moment. Uh, it's you know it, it's really tough. But you know, especially when there's no sports, right? It's one thing to be quarantined, but to to have to stay at home and there's nothing to watch, no live events to watch on live TV. It sucks so much, um, but you know we're gonna get through this, and eventually we'll be all right. And I'm hoping that sometime within the next couple of, um, well, sometime you know, as soon as this this April, the month of April is over, we can get things going again. So hopefully it's just this one month that we have to deal with, just one more month, and we'll see what happens afterwards. But I hope everybody's doing well um, tonight. You know, on BD4, we're just going to talk about the Knicks and their free agent options. Um, so I think we might start a little bit. This might be, a, you know, a two or three or four part thing um, where we just talk on a couple of free agents a night or per episode. So tonight uh, I, I jotted two down. I wrote down two players that I think the Knicks could target this offseason. Um, not that these are um, the most realistic, um, you know, options. But they are out there, and it's worth looking at these two guys. So I figured tonight uh, we'd start off with um, Joe Harris and Christian Wood. So we're you know it doesn't really matter to me. We can just start with we'll start with Joe Harris, and um, you know he's a guy who's a six six two hundred twenty pound wing for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, had a good season. He's been having really good seasons. Really, the past three seasons he's had. Um, you know, career best years. Um, he's a six-six wing for the Nets. He plays. He's he's a three and D marksman. Really, he provides good defense on the perimeter. Um, and can shoot the ball off the bounce a little bit. Put the ball on the floor. But I think most of his shooting comes off the catch. Um, this past season for the Nets in 2020, he averaged 14 points, four rebounds, two assists on a very efficient 47 percent, 41 percent, 75 percent across 31 minutes so a very efficient shooter um he'll give you double figures every night and like i said a three and d marksman uh, a career 42 percent three-point shooter and that's on 4.4 attempts um over the course of his career 
He's, you know, most known for his spot-up shooting. Um, I think this season he had 6.0 catch-and-shoot points per game, which was 19th out of the 514 players qualified on NBA.com. That was good enough for the 99th percentile. So six points a night on catch-and-shoots um, was good enough to place him 19th out of 514. So very good off the catch-and-shoot. Um, a good shooter off the handoff passes, um, good off of screens, right? He knows how to shoot the ball and use his teammates to his advantage. Um, also, you know, like I said, a, a good wing defender. Um, hustles. It's more hustle than anything. He's not the most athletic, but he hustles, attacks the loose balls very well. Um, a good perimeter defender, and he's got has got the strength to defend in the post and in, on the inside as well. Um but yeah, not the most athletic, not the best rebounder. Um, he's not, you know, the biggest playmaker out there. Doesn't give you much of that category. But overall, he's a solid 3 and D marksman who knows how to play the game. He's got a high IQ. And I think, you know, the Knicks, their lack of shooting. This is a Knicks team that struggled mightily, you know, in terms of shooting this past season. And really, over the past couple of years, I think they could benefit for having somebody like Joe Harris on their team. Just a good develop, one of the game's better marksmen in this league. Um, it doesn't hurt. So in terms of you know acquiring him in free agency, it's you know, first of all you have to you're gonna have to pay up. You're a Knicks team that's not gonna win. So if you're gonna get anybody, you have to pony up, and it's gonna be because of the money you offer. So you're gonna have to think that Joe Harris. I think right now his AAV is eight million a season. He's being paid over the course of two seasons, getting eight million a year. Um, 16 million year deal, uh, 16 million dollar deal for both seasons. Um, so I don't know. I know coming off of another great season, I think you know entering free agency at the age of 29, um, staying healthy over the past three years, 78 games uh, three years ago, 76 two seasons ago, and then 63 this season of the Nets 64 games. So I think he's been healthy. He's only 29 entering free agency. You know, off another good season, another solid season. He's going to be commanding. I'm going to say somewhere between 10 to $15 million. So it is a decent amount, but you know, the Knicks need to be competitive and to be competitive in this league today, you need to be able to shoot. They don't have many shooters, you know, outside of who Damian Dotson, who's probably going to leave. And that's another thing. Uh, Dotson's departure that could probably, that could possibly open up a window for, for somebody like Joe Harris, who's an older, but more established version of Dotson at the moment, way more established. Um, so, you know, you take Dotson off of this team, and who else has that three-point shooting ability? Um, I, it's hard to think of. You know, Wayne Ellington, I'm not even going to include him. Um, who's who's there? Trier? But he's more of a mid-range attack-the-rim guy. There's not really a marksman on this team right now. So I think Joe Harris is definitely an option the Knicks should at least take a look at, right? They should at least take it seriously because... You need it. You need a 40% guy. You know, most of your guys, your point guards can't shoot. Um, RJ Barrett's a wing who can't shoot very well right now. Um, it's Julius Randle's not a great shooter. At least this past season, he was very inefficient. Um, yeah, Bobby Portis, but he's, again, this isn't part of your core. I'm talking about core pieces, you know, part of the Knicks foundation. Who can you look at right now and say can shoot the basketball? There's not many. So Joe Harris is definitely somebody they should take a look at. A good 6'6", 225-pound wing who plays defense, who puts the ball on the floor, who shoots efficiently off the catch, spots up, handoffs off screens, can do a very nice job playing ball, and is a winning player in my own opinion. 
So I think Joe Harris should be definitely should definitely be somebody the Knicks take a look at. Um, I also have written down, like I said, Christian Wood. Now this, in my opinion, is more unrealistic. I almost didn't write him down because I really don't think the Knicks are going to do something like this. They have Mitchell Robinson at center. Um, they're going to have to probably trade Randall, which I don't see happening. Um, they've got Portis still on his one-year deal left. Um, they've got Wooten developing in the G League, so it's kind of hard to see that happening, especially since the Pistons have bird rights to this kid. So bird rights is, which basically means they're allowed to go over their cap and max him out. They can offer him a max contract, a max deal. So they have the advantage there. And plus other teams in this league, you know, winning teams, um, if the Knicks are to get into a bidding war, the winning teams, you know, will most likely, you know, overmatch the Knicks and, they can they can at least match their offer with with the pay and then you look at their just the Knicks don't have a winning team so it's going to be tough to acquire somebody like him but overall man he's a, he's definitely a player they should at least take a look at um six hundred uh, six six ten I think he's six ten weighs two hundred fourteen pounds um he's a power forward this past season with the uh, with the Detroit Pistons he averaged thirteen points six rebounds and one assist on 57% from the floor, 39% from deep, and 74% at the free throw stripe. Um, again, 13-6-1. That's across 21 minutes a night um, this season. And over the course of his career, he's averaging 10-5-1 in 16 minutes a night. So he's very, very productive, very, very efficient for the amount of minutes he's out there. 57-39 um, is not bad when you're, when you're talking about field goal percentage and three-point percentage. <laughs> Yeah, he can shoot the free throw. He rebounds well. He scores. But like I said, it's it's. I'm trying not to get my hopes up on this too much. He's somebody I don't think is who I think is who I don't think is very realistic at the moment. But might as well just dive into him a little bit. I know he's also got a solid IQ. Over the course of his career, 113 games, um, 2.2 turnovers per 36 minutes, and 2.7 fouls per 36 minutes. So he's a smart player, smart offensively, and smart defensively. Um, but his thing, you know, he's more skill, size, and athleticism. He's got a little bit of everything. He can shoot the ball. He can finish at the rim. He can post up pretty well. He can, you know, he gets a lot of points off of putbacks, and he, he rolls. He He's very effective on the roll, out of pick and roll. Um, and he's good on the other end, can block a shot. Can, you know, protect the rim pretty well, and, you know, explosive, throws down dunks, and very explosive, very athletic. Um, you know, the Knicks are known for their athletic bigs um, over their recent, you know, last couple of seasons, so maybe this is somebody, maybe this is why they're so enamored. That's been one of the quotes. Um, Knicks executives have been enamored with this kid. That's what I've been hearing. But um, skill, size, athleticism, shoots, finishes, posts up, put back, roll, uh, blocks, dunks, all that thing, all that shit, man. He, he I think he shot 39% from three-point land this season, and that was on a decent amount of attempts. 2.3 a game, hit 39% of them. So you like a 6'10 forward that can space the floor. Um, he's got a quick release on a shot, and he shoots the three from you know all different areas. He can hit hit the three from above the break. He can hit it from the corners, and he's good at the top of the arc. He, he's efficient pretty much everywhere on the floor. Um, 42nd in points in the paint amongst forwards this season. 42nd amongst forwards in points in the paint. Um, that is good enough for 86th percentile. So better than 86% of the forwards in scoring points in the paint this season. 
Um, he also had a 77% field goal percentage in the restricted area. Very effective. Um, I also have that he was 10th, um, 10th in points per possession as a role man. That was good enough to be placed 99th percentile. So better than 99% of the league in points per possession as a role man. Um, 34th, which was 99th percentile in points per possession on putbacks. So he's very good down low, a dominant paint player who could score on the outside as well. Um, defensively, again, he defends the rim um, very well because of his athleticism, because of his length, his wingspan, his standing reach. Um, 0.9 blocks in 21 minutes this season. And over the course of his career, 0.7 blocks in 16 minutes. So a good, decent player, just good on both ends. Um, now, you can look at things like, is he the biggest need for this Knicks team? Is he the biggest necessity? No, probably not. He's not their, you know, their most, um, you know, he's not he's not going to address their biggest holes right now. But I'd say he's still a need. He's not. He may not be the biggest need, but he's still somebody they should take a look at. You know, and plus, I think I'm at a point right now where I'm not even just about fit, fit, fit. I'm more just, you know, I'm not against going for talent over fit. At this point, I just want as much talent as I can get on this Knicks team because they lack talent. Let's be honest with with you guys. Um, You know, they have some good talent in RJ and Mitch, your cornerstones. But outside of those two, you look at the rest of the guys on this team, some are questionable at best, and the others are just journeymen who were here for a couple of seasons at most. So it's really, really questionable when you look at the talent. At this point, look at free agency at anybody. Look at all the options you can just in terms of getting young talent. And this is a 25-year-old kid, 25 next season, who could definitely help this team out. Got the skill, got everything he needs. Um, plus his paint presence on both ends, which is going to help this Knicks team tremendously. Um I think he'd be good when Mitch takes the floor. They could pair well together because, you know, he not only does the things that Robinson can, um, but he, he, again, he stretches out the floor and he spaces it out with some good shooting. Um, and the Knicks as a team this past season, I have written down that they were 27th out of the 30 teams in field goal percentage in the restricted area. That's just the 10th percentile. Um, despite being 7th in field goal attempts in the restricted area, 77th percentile. So, take a lot of shots in the paint, the Knicks, but they don't make a lot of shots in the paint. So adding somebody like Wood to play alongside Mitchell Robinson, I think that would benefit tremendously in terms of scoring down low. But yeah, he also spaces the floor. Um, Randall clogs the lane. You replace somebody like Randall and put Wood in that starting lineup, you'll get so much better spacing. Um, way more room to work. He's an upgrade from Portis, right? He's more, he's like a Bobby Portis, a good Bobby Portis with defense and with a little more efficiency offensively. Uh, an upgrade from Taj Gibson. Taj doesn't provide what Wood can. Um, no, he doesn't have that rim-protecting presence, that athleticism. He doesn't have the ability to be a floor spacer. Um, and, you know, with Wooten still developing in the, in the in Westchester, it doesn't hurt to get as much insurance as you can right now. So I don't think it hurts going after somebody like them, like, <clears throat> like Wood, who can not only defend the interior, but he's a pretty good perimeter and pick-and-roll defender as well. Um the the one the one really questionable thing about this kid is why has he been on five teams in five different seasons right um by you know just from personal me personally i think that's a lot to do with teams don't love his lack of strength his frame 
like I said, he's only 214 pounds at the power forward position. Um, he's 6'10", 214 at the four spot. That's not, you know, he's undersized. Um, he won't have a good a good time in mismatches. He's going to have trouble in those in those games where he's going to have the bigger guys on him, the more prototypical power forwards. He's going to struggle with, and that's where he struggles defensively sometimes is guarding those big bigger players. Um, you know, offensively he may have the versatile the versatility to to get past them, but defensively he's really going to struggle unless he gets unless he builds more muscle and strength. He's going to have some tough times defending those bigger guys, and I think that's why he's bounced around a lot <clears throat> because teams don't trust his frame. Um, you know, I've also heard he's one of those guys who puts up good stats on bad teams consistently. But to me, he seems like, from what I've seen, from what I'm reading about and from what I'm watching, he seems like he's a good, solid player with a strong work ethic, and he works well on, works well on both ends of the floor. So I don't know. Don't put too much weight on that. But there's also the, the thing that he's, you know, he's an undrafted free agent. This isn't some highly touted lottery pick out of some great school. This is just a kid who was a free agent who was not drafted. He's got kind of a mediocre, meager track record. Um, you know, outside of this past season with the Pistons, he did not put up great numbers. He has not played many NBA games past this season. So there's that there's that risk with a little track record, not much of a resume. So there's I understand why people are a little weary on giving him too much money. But you know, the good thing is that in free agency, the Knicks won't have to trade draft picks away to get this guy. You can keep your draft picks if you want to get somebody with a, with a lot of upside like Wood. Um, and again, if you if you do want to make a trade, this could be a positive. You it could help set up a way to move Randall. Um, but I just don't see them moving Randall. Then again, there's it's it's tough. There's a lot of like two sides here because you've heard I think Ian Begley said that Nick executives are. I put this in quotes, enamored with Wood. They are enamored. They love this kid. So maybe they do chase for him hard and, and try to try to make something happen. And maybe it does move the needle to where they do ship Randall out of, out of New York immediately. <laughs> Please. Um, but speaking of Begley, I think he, he had a quote. I want to read this. Um, he says about, you know, it's basically just speaking on, the, on this kid's big, uh, on this kid's big upside is, he says the Pistons big man moved to the starting lineup after the Andre Drummond trade and averaged 23 points, 10 rebounds, and shot 40% from beyond the arc as a starter. He'd established a career high in, in scoring in three straight games prior to the NBA suspension of the season, including a 32-point outing against the Sixers the night the NBA announced it would go on hiatus. So he's got the skills. He's flashed his potential consistently this season. But again, is it going to be worth it? That's the thing. That's what it's going to come down to. He's making his annual value right now is under one million. It's he's making only six figures right now, um, so he's not making anything um, over the fi over his five five year career. He's not made any money. So right now, now that he ha he's coming off a strong season, I'm going to say he's going to command somewhere between eight to ten million dollars. Maybe hit the ten million mark. I don't know, but it's gonna be an, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a lot of money for somebody who comes with some question. For somebody who, you know, you may not need the most. I'm not sure the Knicks are gonna pony up that much, but again, 25 years old next season, so he's still fairly young. He's he's gonna help them in the paint. 
It's going to help them space the floor. So I defends pretty well on both, you know, um, both the perimeter and on the inside. So he's somebody I would take a look at, man. It's it's not that it's not that I don't want him. It's not that I really want him. I'm kind of just in the middle, but I think you know, explore your options. You know, you struck out mightily last season in free agency. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, everybody else, nobody came here. And you're not going to get Brandon Ingram this offseason, so let's put that aside. You're not getting any big free agents. Put that dream to bed. Why not go after like somebody Christian Wood? It's not a it's not a terrible idea to at least think about. I wouldn't listen, man. He's coming into his own. Maybe I would take a look at him and see what you got. Try to get somebody like Christian Wood. Try to get somebody like Joe Harris who could shoot at the at the two spot, at the three spot, at the four spot. There are some good names out there. It's you know it kind of reminds me of this upcoming draft class where it's not outstanding, but there are still some holes that can be filled if you do the right thing. So that's pretty much all I got in this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Rob Carbone doing episode 94 of BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, if you haven't followed me on Facebook or on Twitter, be sure to do that at NY Sports Talk RC. And if you haven't followed me on Instagram, be sure to follow me there as well at Rob J Carbone. And if you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, um, be sure to sub to it on Apple, on Google, on SoundCloud, Spotify, on Radio Public. The video cast is up here on YouTube if you're listening or watching this on YouTube. Um, and there's plenty more platforms where you can subscribe to us. Um, just go to my website to find all those platforms. Um, go to my website at nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, that's nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Um that's where you can find all my information, you know, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much that guys. Thank you so much for following along. This has been your host, Rob Carbone of BD4. Before we head out, just want to take a quick break and then we'll wrap this up. Hey guys, Rob Carbone here. Really quick, I just want to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcast hosting site. And I say that again, it's a free podcast hosting site that will distribute your podcast for you to other platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Overcast, and all those websites. But here's the best part. Not only is it free, not only do they share it for you, but they will pay you for recording a podcast. They will pay you. And you can do it from your computer, from your phone. All you have to do is go to the Anchor app and download that or go to their website, which is anchor.fm to begin. It's everything you need. It is so convenient for podcasters like myself. So please guys, go download the Anchor app or go to their website, anchor.fm to begin. See you there.
at the earliest, it's probably March 31st on uh, Tuesday morning when you're listening to this. So I'm going to say the next episode, the next free agent scouting video or podcast that we'll do will probably be on Thursday or Friday. Um, so just look for it over the next couple of days later this week. Um, look for part two of this free agent scouting video that I'm going to be doing. You know, we'll talk about a couple other names that are available in free agency. Um, you know, it's not the, not the biggest free agency coming up, but it's, Again, it's something that the Knicks can definitely benefit from if they do the right thing. So, guys, thank you so much for stopping by. This is your host, Rob Carbone, signing out from BD4, episode 94. All right, ciao. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, be sure to leave a like, comment, subscribe, share, and all that fun stuff. If you want to follow BD4 on all the different platforms we have, all you have to do is go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Once again, that's nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Thank you guys. I'll see you next time. Ciao.